my close friends, they are kind of my role models. And the reason I surround myself with them is because I want to be more like them or emulate a certain aspect of them. So I could sit here and tell you about my friends, but I, those, are the, those are the people I want to be like. This is Finding the Throughline, the show that gives you inside access to honest conversations about the creative process. I'm Kate Hanley. Welcome back to Finding the Throughline, where I am interviewing this week award-winning essayist Jody Noel Vinson. If this is the first you're hearing of Jody, please go back two episodes ago so you can hear her full bio. And then keep listening so that you can find out the practical things that help Jody do her work, as well as the inner stuff that we covered in the most recent episode. Jody, now we're going to pivot and explore what's currently inspiring you and where you're headed next. So I'm curious, what kinds of things are perking up your ears, getting you to lean in more? Maybe you're aware of it and maybe you're not fully aware of it. Just like, What's lighting you up these days? Yeah, thanks for this question. I, speaking of how I was writing about my own illness experience through the pandemic, the trajectory of that project has really kind of actually turned again more outwards. And I've been kind of looking at how others have experienced both illness and adapted to their lives to it in like creative ways, as well as kind of how they put language or art to express that experience. And so really the, the stories that are calling me are those kind of narratives and they're not always what you expect. And I've also been finding them in unexpected places or places that, yeah, just again, we were talking previously about how our society kind of can overlook or turn away from illness is not fun to look at. And it's also kind of scary to look at. And so part of turning to these stories is to kind of understand ways we can engage with this experience in life that help us build empathy without overcoming those kind of like fears or denial. And so I see this kind of impulse to turn away. And just the fact that I'm researching these stories of icons who I've heard about my whole life, but I never heard this side of their life. So for example, Florence Nightingale, I've always heard of her kind of like as the savior nurse figure soothing the brows of British soldiers. And I never knew that she was, you know, chronically ill and bedridden for 30 years while doing this amazing public health work. Charles Darwin also, while kind of writing about survival of the fittest, was very unfit himself, chronically ill too. So there's these stories that are so fascinating to me, both because these figures often have accomplished a lot in their life, but to look at the challenges that they encountered and often ones we don't hear about has been kind of rewarding. And those are the stories that I'm, I've been exploring and that have interested me and encouraged me in my own kind of recovery process. Wow. Okay. Well, I have to ask, have you heard of or read Easy Beauty? I have not. Cooper Jones? Oh, yes. I have heard of it, but I have not read it incredible read. It's one of the best books I've ever read. I think she is a writer. She was born with a chronic disability. She was born without a sacrum. And so it affects her stature and it affects her gait. And she's often experiences pain. And her memoir, Easy Beauty, is really 
taking a close look at this one year in her life, after she had a son, she was able to have a child. When she really blossomed into a writer, she's also a philosophy student. So she weaves in a lot about philosophy and what a good life means. And easy beauty is the kind of beauty that's like compelling and, you know, like the starlet. But then there's also the opposite of that or the other end of the spectrum is more hard beauty, which is still beautiful, but maybe not as easy going down, which is kind of what she's sort of positing is a life faced with disability or illness like you're talking about. It's just really incredible. Everybody, I just want everybody to read it. And so I had to ask. What about your creative role models? Who do you look to for kind of inspiration there? Yeah. Um, well, definitely reading these biographies and memoirs of, of folks similar maybe to the Easy Beauty has been inspiring, as well as I enjoy lyric essays, experimental essays, essays who play with form. So Maggie Nelson is definitely a person I look to, Ulibis as well. Those are specific to like my genre and what I like to write. And then I always go back to the modernists too. I'd love to read Virginia Woolf and Marcel Proust and James Joyce because they're just, they just elevate my thinking and my language and the flow of thought that I can just kind of absorb. So those are always inspiring to me as well. What about your models for living a great life? Like who are they and what is it about them that inspires you? Yeah, I love this question. It's funny. I, couldn't like think of like the greats or like a pop culture figure or something. I actually immediately, my mind went to people who are close to me, which was kind of a cool place, I think, for it to go because I immediately thought of my husband, Mark, actually as someone who, I mean, I guess it's because I chose to be with him that maybe it's obvious, but his life is one that I kind of always learn from and kind of enjoy being around because there's like an empathy and a kindness there that I always want to be recipient of, but also learn how to to be as well. And I think, yeah, I think the people we surround ourselves with, my close friends, they are kind of my role models. And the reason I surround myself with them is because I want to be more like them or emulate a certain aspect of them. So I could sit here and tell you about my friends, but I, <laughs> those, are the, those are the people I want to be like. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> well, they say surround yourself with the kind of people you want to be because so many of our habits and attitudes are sort of unconsciously contagious. That's really cool. The habits you do every day have a much bigger impact on your health than the things you do every once in a while. That's why I decided to start using a water filter at home so that the water we drink and cook with every day has as few contaminants in it as possible. Because unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. I love the AquaTrue Countertop Reverse Osmosis Water Purifier. It requires no plumbing. You just plug it in and fill up the tank with tap water, and 15 minutes later, you have a beautiful pitcher of great-tasting pure water. I drink it on its own or use it to make tea, and I even cook with it. And now you can visit AquaTrue.com and enter code KATE at checkout for 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier. 
AquaTrue's purification technology is independently tested to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, arsenic, and forever chemicals. Best of all, just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water, saving you money and the environment tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. Today, my listeners receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to AquaTrue.com, that's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com, and enter code KATE at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use promo code K-A-T-E. Are there changes that you know you're making or things that you can sense that need to shift? Yeah, I've been thinking about how as I kind of emerge or have been getting better from the long illness that I went through, how easy it is to kind of forget that experience. I've been kind of countering that by doing like research and reading about other folks who are going through things. So it's it's an interesting shift in my process. When I started writing about illness, it was with a sense of emergency, with a sense of this story needs to be told. A lot of media outlets weren't aware of kind of the lingering symptoms that COVID could cause. And it felt almost like advocacy intersection intersecting with my writing, which had never really happened before. It was like, because I, I write from a place of privilege, I hadn't ever experienced that kind of really desperate need like this story needs to be told, not just for myself, but, you know, it can impact the lives of others. And while I still feel that there's many things I have to say about the illness experience, about our medical system, our broken medical system, that I want people to hear, as like the sense of emergency has gone down in my own life and my own illness experience as I've gotten better, I think there's been a change, a shift toward kind of stepping back and and taking a perspective and again looking around looking outside of myself oh how have other people expressed this and also finding creative ways to express the illness experience new forms that will engage people so they don't have a chance to turn away from it and build empathy through art in that way mm, that's so cool and what's your grooviest idea? Just like something that is totally delightful to contemplate. So may or may not be wholly realistic <laughs> about what the future holds for you. I'm not a very groovy person. I love that you use that word. I just wish I could like live up to it. It doesn't have to be groovy <laughs> itself. It's just for yes. you. It would be okay. like, it would be so groovy. in my groove. This would be, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I, you know, I really would like to be a writer who has a book. Like I would like, I think there's just something solid in that that would be very satisfying, something that, you know, that could pull together and hold ideas in this shape. And so that's something I have had as a goal and am working towards. I often, as you say, I write in the essay form. So maybe it'll be a collection of essays. Maybe I can pull that off. But I think that would like floor me. It would be so amazing. So yeah, that's a goal that would, groovy or not, it's a goal <laughs> that would make me happy. Well, you know, there's so much cool stuff happening with the memoir form that I feel like with your just like loving experimenting with form, 
I don't know, I'm yeah. reading Maggie Smith's You Could Make This Place Beautiful. And it's kind of like, I don't know, the chapters, some chapters are two sentences long. And sometimes one's a, someone's some poem, and then it can be three or four pages. Anyway, so <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I feel like all the various strands in your through line could easily combine into a very cool book that feels very groovy to you and honors like all the things that you bring to the table in your unique cocktail of awesomeness. All right. So now we're going to wrap up with some fast questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. You can choose one or you can share both. What's the last book or show that you stayed up too late reading or watching? So the last book that really captivated and me and kept me up reading was actually The Quickening by Elizabeth Rush. She's a local author. It's the subtitle is Creation and Community at the Ends of the Earth. And it is about, she goes on an expedition to Antarctica and looks at glacier melt. Yeah, but it's about so much more. It is about, I mean, the word community maybe sounds vague, but it is kind of, she is writing against the kind of white male explorer conquering the southernmost continent and instead focusing on who's with her on the ship and uplifting kind of their narrative. She actually does interviews and, and has the transcripts so that the crew, the scientists, they're all tying it together. She also weaves in threads of motherhood and her desire to have a child in the face of climate change and kind of really exploding that kind of like binary and really finding it's really it's creative it's a gorgeous travel narrative the landscape is just beautifully drawn and then the amount of care that she infuses the narrative with is really inspiring it's very hopeful which you might not expect from this topic and so yeah it was incredibly engaging too so that's why when i say it cut me up but actually i did i stayed up till i could finish it so Yes. Sounds amazing. Recommend it. What is your morning beverage of choice? Oh, just black coffee. (laughs) Super hot? What about what are your temperatures? Yes, very hot, very hot. Yeah. I think people have different like tolerances for for it, but very hot compared to most people. Okay, great. What song or kind of music do you listen to when you need to pick me up? I don't listen to a lot of music. I'm not a very musical person, but I discovered Prince a couple years ago for the first time. Like I was very late to the game and it was, you know, the summer before the pandemic. And I just have such wonderful memories of like driving to like a beach house to my husband's family, listening to Prince over and over again, Purple Rain and that soundtrack. So it's very uplifting to me for those associations. I love it. And do you have a favorite either month or day of the week and why? October is my favorite month. At the time of this recording, we're kind of into November now, and it's still quite beautiful. The colors have kind of faded now, but yeah, the fall is just my time of year. And it's for my writing too. I feel with the cooler weather, I can focus better. And I just love being out in the colors and then that kind of reflective season. Gorgeous. And okay, what meal would you ask for if someone said they would make or order absolutely anything that you want? Actually, I love pasta. I think a really good Italian, like creamy, maybe truffle-y pasta. I'm just going to go with that. 
Sounds comforting and good right now. <laughs> it sounds delicious. It's like a very fall, fall appropriate. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for being here, Jody. Oh, I wanted to ask you, is there anything that you want listeners to know about in terms of something you have coming up or where they can connect with you? Oh, thanks for asking. So I do have a website, jodynoelvinson.com. And I'm also on Instagram at jodynoelvinson. I have an IE at the end of my name. So you can definitely find my publications there. And if you're in Rhode Island, swing by Lit Arts RI and say hello. There's a lot of good stuff happening there and opportunities to connect to a writing community. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much, Kate. And thank you so much to my guard listeners. And remember, you can upgrade to a paid subscription at my Substack, which is katehanley.substack.com and get early access to these interviews in one unedited ad-free episode. And you'll also get access to some pretty cool perks like a live monthly Finding the Through Line Zoom call where we do some writing together in real time about something that's equal parts writing seminar, group coaching, and communal self-reflection, if that's a thing. Even if you don't want to upgrade to paid yet, come to katehanley.substack.com to get show notes sent to your inbox each week for free. Thanks for listening. Finding the Throughline airs one interview per week, broken up into three episodes that come out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for free. Skip the ads and get each interview in one longer episode by becoming a paid subscriber at katehanley.substack.com. Even if you aren't ready to get out your wallet just yet, become a free subscriber at katehanley.substack.com and receive the full show notes with links to everything my guests and I cover. However you listen, thank you. Finding the Throughline is edited by Sound Advice Strategies. Connect with me on Instagram at Kate Hanley Author. And come back next Monday when I'm having a conversation about the creative process with an entirely new person. Until then, wishing you a great weekend. <laughs>